And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf, and in this hour... We'll present a 1946 classic radio Christmas broadcast of the Philco Radio Time starring Bing Crosby. But it's time now for Movie Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular movies, and I'll try to name the movie while you play along at home. Is that right, Lisa? What? Is your microphone not on? Her microphone is not on. That's not good. Well, there, there we go. Now hey. it's on. All right, I'm back. Live radio. <laughs> um, you are right. This is a very special edition of Movie Jeopardy because it's a special edition of Hollywood 360. We are celebrating Christmas yes, today. We are. It's a little bit uh, early, late, whenever you're listening to our <laughs> show. But today is our Christmas, and so Movie Jeopardy will be all Christmas movies. Okay. So I think you'll do really, really well. Real, These are yeah. not just any Christmas movies. These right. are the classic Christmas movies. Okay. So let's see how it goes. This first one is a 1954 musical. It's got to be White Christmas. It's got to be White Christmas, and this film stars who, I have no Carl? ding. I have no ding either. Ding, ding, ding. There we go. There you go. Who's starring in uh, this Bing film? Bing Crosby. That's exactly right, mm-hmm. and Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary Clooney. And um, it features the songs of Irving Berlin, including the title song, which is White Christmas. Mm-hmm. This film is notable for being the first to be released in VistaVision, which is a widescreen process developed by Paramount that used twice the surface area of 35 millimeter film, so I guess that just changed the standards for film. Vista Vision. I'm Vista not sure if Vision. I've ever heard of that before. And now you've learned something. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, next one, 1946. What do you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come on, no. tell me. If I don't, it might not come through. What is it you want, Barry? <laughs> what do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Barry. 
Mary. Mary. Mary, I'll give you the moon. And this is... It's a Wonderful it's Life, It's a Wonderful Mary. Life, and this is produced and directed by... Um, gosh, I should know yes, this. Yes, you know it. Um, produced and directed by... I can't remember. Frank Capra. Frank Capra, Right, yeah. and it's starring Jimmy Stewart, of course. Donna Reed. And, yeah, and, um, you know, this was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, and uh, this has been recognized by the, by the American Film Institute as one of the 100 best American films ever made. I'd have to agree and with I, that. And I was going to say I concur with mm-hmm. that. So how do you like that? And we All agree right. on something. Wow. So that's exciting, too. Well, it's Christmas too. time. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> it's not. I'm trying that, to be generous. I'm sure that will wear off soon <laughs> as the show goes on. Okay, this next one goes back to 1947. Before you go up on the floor, I just want to give you a few tips on how to be a good Santa Claus. Go right ahead. Well, here's a list of toys that we have to push, you know, (laughs) things that we're overstocked on. Now, you'll find that a great many children will be undecided as to what they want for Christmas. When that happens, you immediately suggest one of these items. You understand? I certainly do. (laughs) Good. That's Miracle on 34th Street. It sure is, starring Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, Natalie Wood, Edmund, Gwen. And um, it won three Academy Awards. Gwen won for Best Actor in a Supporting Role, a Valentine Davies for Best Writing, and won Original Story. Um, great film, and one that we can continue to watch uh, with our own There's families. There's been a couple of sequels, too, at least one sequel. Yep, I know that. that's true. Yeah. And um, these are the kind of movies we should be watching with our kids. Yes. For sure. Great movie. Okay, changing gears here, going to 1989 for a family comedy. Catherine, this turkey tastes half as good as it looks. I think we're all in for a very big treat. (laughs) Save the neck for me, Clark. (laughs) Okay, Eddie. Uh, I oh, guess what uh, a scene. that's Christmas Vacation. That's exactly right. That's the Chevy Chase. That's right. So this is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's the third installment in the National Lampoon Vacation film series, written by um, John Hughes. That's John Hughes. exactly right. Mm-hmm. And that was Chevy Chase. Yeah. And um, what a great scene wow. that is! Fantastic. All right, but there's more. Mm-hmm. We're going back to 2003 with one of your favorites. Dad! <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's get it over with. One of the greatest Christmas I, movies. I walked all day and night to find you. Of all time. You look like you came from the North Pole. That's <laughs> exactly where I came from. It's exactly. Santa right. must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He uh, <laughs> just got off the cell phone with me. You did? That's Elf. It is. And you can see Will Ferrell's face oh, yeah. during all this and his innocence, and nobody could do it like Will Ferrell. No. Um, and of course, Bob Newhart is in this. Yeah, and, James Kahn. Um, yes, plays his, right, his father. His father and Mary Steenburgen. Right. and what a great film oh we gosh. learn about Buddy. So yeah. um, this also inspired the 2010 Broadway musical Elf the Musical, which of course uh, was here in Chicago. I wonder if it uh, inspired Elf on a Shelf. Probably not. But I wouldn't think so. Probably. Do you have an Elf on the Shelf? No, I but I've heard about it. You heard of. <laughs> There's I've a lot of memes uh, going on around with Elf on the Shelf. Am I like uh, five for five so far? Is this I, five? Do we have five so far? You are five for five. Five for five. We've got one more to go. And oh, you will absolutely will know I this know last one. Sure? You absolutely do. Oh, this is a gift. On. My Christmas gift to you is, is, is this movie Jeopardy Christmas movies. Don't get used to it next week. I'm going to get you. Okay. Okay. Here what we go. It? 19. 
Well, this is a 1984 film adaptation. Who are you? Ask me who I was. <laughs> You're particular for a ghost. Who are you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. So that's Scrooge, and yes, that's a indeed. Christmas Carol. Yes, that's oh, right. I got it. I you got did. All six. I got all six. You sure did. Mike, I got all that's six. That's only because these are Christmas classics. Don't get used to this. Oh, my god. So this is an adaptation of Charles Dickens' famous 1843 novel, and um, this is starring George C. Scott, and this is, you know, where Bahambug mm-hmm. came from. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, we learned about the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. This is my favorite play to see one of every the greatest, year in Christmas. One of the Not this stories. year, hopefully next year. I mean, year. it's so, it, it's, it's, you know, it'll never go out of style, right? A but Christmas that's true carol with all of these, written, all of these. Written so long ago, exactly. and it still is as powerful today as it ever was. So. I agree. Great job, yeah. uh, Lisa. Great, great movie. Great job, Carl. Great memories. Six out of six. <laughs> All right, stick around. Great job, Because Carl. Bing Crosby stars in a very heartwarming 1946 episode of the Philco Radio Time. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. We have huge news, and I mean huge, like spectacularly huge news, ladies and gentlemen. We now offer two links. Listen to this, folks. Listen very carefully. If you are a Hollywood 360 podcast subscriber, or if you are a Classic Radio Club member, you are getting an email every Monday from us, right? You get the podcast, the Hollywood 360 podcast, the full five-hour show. Well, guess what? Lisa, you want to let everyone know? Um, (laughs) We have a video version now. So we are currently recording the show on camera. And then uh, you have the opportunity not only to listen, but to watch us live. Well, it's not live. I mean, it's live on tape. That that's that's exactly true. When they get the podcast sent to them on Monday, that's true. There's two buttons now. One's a listen button. The other one is a watch button. And when you click that, you will literally be able to watch this broadcast that we're doing right now. We are doing it live, but it's recorded on that link. So you get to see the full five hours in, you know, behind the scenes. You're seeing the studio. It's a recording of our live broadcast of Hollywood 360, completely unedited. Yeah. So you, anything is possible. Right. That's all I can say. This is true. (laughs) Especially as the, as the night goes on, uh, you never know what to expect. Yeah. So now (laughs) subscribe and get the video as well. Go to Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. Sign up to our podcast. Be a podcast sub, uh, subscriber or go to ClassicRadioClub.com and join the Classic Radio Club. But we have our first broadcast, the Philco Radio Time, Bing Crosby starring. You will absolutely love this broadcast. There's a, uh, a skit called The Small One, super heartwarming. Let's go back to Christmas of 1946 for part one now of the Philco Radio Time. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me.
Carpenter welcoming you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter, his chorus and orchestra, the Charioteers, Skitch Henderson, and starring Bing Crosby. As is Bing's custom at Christmas time, he opens the program with a dusty Fidelis. And as usual, he will sing it first in Latin, and then with the studio audience joining him, singing it in English. Yes, Ken, I, I think it would be very fitting if our guests here would join in a chorus. Come all ye faithful. Bing, I think it'd be nice if the home folks, the folks listening in all over the world, would join in too. Oh, it would indeed. Gather round, folks, wherever you may be, and help us sing this eternal hymn. Adeste fidelis, lady triumphantes, venite, venite, in Bethlehem. Not Thank you very much. A couple of uh, teenaged tunesmiths around Hollywood here, Mel Tormey and Bob Wells, have, have penned an item which I consider quite appropriate for tonight. It's sort of a musical Christmas card. Skitch and I'd like to do it for you. It's called The Christmas Song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols 
being sung by a choir and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make this season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa is on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. And every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to Christmas program without jingle bells would be like Christmas without mistletoe or something. We're prepared. We're not going to disappoint you because John Scott Trotter has assembled a bouncy version of this perennial favorite. Looking at my libretto here, I see there are parts for the charioteers, the vocal group, Skitch, and oh, yes, Crosby catches a cadenza or two. Matter of fact, I open the affair vocally. Roll them, John. <laughs> Jingle, 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 jingle. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. 
Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. portion of the Philca Radio Time, Bing Crosby, his Christmas show from 1946. Ah, there was no one like Bing Crosby, Lisa. Hey, you know, we were talking about the podcast and the the, uh, ability now to watch it. No extra charge. It's absolutely free. We just want you to be able to see what we're doing here in the studio. So if you're a podcast subscriber, it's just an extra little bonus. We'll be right back. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of the radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour holiday Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. 
Had a bunch of listeners texting in saying, how do we get the podcast? Well, it's really simple. Just go to our official website, Hollywood360radio.com. You go to that website, you'll see you can sign up for the five-hour podcast. It's only $5.99 a month. You will get the five-hour podcast sent to you each week. So you get four podcasts for only $5.99 a month. You can cancel at any time. The audio link lasts forever. It never, it never, ever goes away. Now, the video link that you can watch of us in the studio as we're broadcasting, that stays up for a month. It rotates. It stays up for one month. Um, you can get it all at Hollywood360radio.com. But you get it all free if you're a Classic Radio Club member. So if you want to join the Classic Radio Club, the podcast is sent to you each and every week free with your membership. And that is ClassicRadioClub.com, ClassicRadioClub.com. Check them both out. But right now, the conclusion to the Philco Radio Time. Yes, sir, and that little number just fractured the vocal group and the charioteurs threw in 8,482 jingles and never dropped a j-j-jing. <laughs> kind of vocal work will give you a lower plate wobble, I guess. And now, here's the Philco man with a sprig or two of vocal holly, hmm? Well, thanks, Bing. I just wanted to extend the season's greetings to our friends everywhere on behalf of Philco, its distributors and dealers. In the words of Washington Irving, this is the season for kindling the fire of hospitality and charity in the heart. Ken. You mean we're going to give away Philco's tonight? No, Bing, we're not even going to mention them. However, from all of us here on Philco Radio Time, sincere wishes for a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, the halcyon days are here in radio, aren't they? <laughs> Jolly Noel from us all. I guess White Christmas could stand one last delivery before the season ends. Of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow I'm dreaming of a white Christmas With every Christmas Christmas card May your day be merry and bright and may all your Christmas
now present Charles Taswell's Christmas play, The Small One. A story for those who like Christmas and small donkeys. The same winter sun that dances on the winter snows up north sprawls indolently at ease in the thick white dust of El Camino del Norte, old Mexico. A passerby, weary from the heat, has paused to rest in the cool, dripping shade of a pepper tree and has dropped off to sleep. He's suddenly awakened by the shrill voice of Pablo, aged ten, who stands with bare brown legs wide apart in the center of the road and bitterly addresses a small, discouraged, disreputable donkey. A donkey? A donkey you call yourself a stupid old fine animal with four stout legs, one on each corner, a most splendid tail to shoo off the flies, and a most handsome head stuck on the front to point the way you're going. I see. And what use do you make of this excellent equipment the good God has given you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Or a disgrace to all the donkeys of Mexico, of all the world, of all... Pablo. See? Oh, buenos dias. I did not know that... What's all the commotion here, young man? What, what has the poor beast done that you should be so angry? But nothing. Well, then why are you... Then that is all he wants to do, ever. Here it is, but two days until Christmas, when a load of wood could be sold in the village to buy gifts and a candle. But does that matter to this one? No, he cares for nothing but nothing. <laughs> well, a donkey's a donkey, Pablo. They're all the same. But why? Why of all beasts should a donkey be so so stubborn? Stubborn? Oh, no, Pablo. That's wrong. But he's always... I know, I know. Everyone says they are. They curse them and they belabor their backs with sticks and they call them stupid. But that's because they don't know the truth about little donkeys. The truth? Yes. It's really not stubbornness, but pride that makes small donkeys so... Well, so aloof. No wind, sun, rain, pain, or adversity can touch them. You see, their pride is a shield against all the discomforts man or the elements can offer. But what has a donkey to be proud of? Oh, a great deal, Pablo. Bring your small beast over here in the shade. I'll explain. Come along, Cupido. Listen. Listen, Pablo, do you hear that? Only a small donkey can make that sound with his hoofs as he walks on the stones of the road. No other beast can do it. Sit down. Sit down, my son. Si, senor. Now, as I was saying, people are all wrong about small donkeys. A very long time ago, a great honor came to one of them, an honor so great that it lifted him and all his descendants to an exalted place. A place that you or I or, or all the world might envy. Ever since that time, every small donkey has been content to stand and drowse in the sun or the shade. For he alone of all animals, of all men, has already fulfilled his destiny. His destiny, yes, senor? Yes, You see, once upon a time, there was a small donkey. He was 14 unhappy years old, and he had worked hard and long for at least twice 14 masters. He was battered and scarred, and he presented a most distressful appearance. His tail was not but a piece of limp rope unraveled down at the end. One of his ears stood straight up like a cactus plant, while the other hung drooping like a wilted cabbage leaf. His off hind leg had a decided stiffness. What was his name? They called him the small one. His latest master was a woodcutter who also owned four younger and therefore stronger donkeys, but small one was the special charge of the woodcutter's son. 
was the boy who saw to it that small one always had dry straw for his bed. And that the load of wood to be carried to the town was not too heavy for small one's aging back. One day the woodcutter called his son to him and said, Son? Yes, father? I have a task for you to do in the town, son. A load of wood? No. I wish you to take this donkey, the one you call the small one, to a shop just inside the town gates. I have already spoken to the owner. He will give you a piece of silver in exchange for the beast. You mean... Oh, you don't mean you're going to sell, small one. He can no longer do his share of the work. Even when carrying half the load the other donkeys carry, his worn-out legs tremble and his sides work like a bellows. But he'll be strong as the others soon. Well, you wait and see. Give him a few weeks and... Enough. An old donkey is of little use. One day he might drop dead on us up in the hills, a total loss. Better to take a piece of silver and say good riddance to the beast. You will start at once. You hear? Yes. Yes, Father. The shop you will take him to is the second one on the left as you pass through the gates in town. The second? But that's the tanners. And what of that? The small one's hide is old, but it will make good leather. But he's been faithful. He's worked hard. He's done his best. And you can't sell him to the tanners to be killed. Come now. I'll have no tears. No crying over a miserable donkey. Perry, be off with you. And take good care not to lose that piece of silver on the way home. So, Pablo, the small boy and the small donkey began their sorrowful journey into town. The boy was heartbroken. He cried for a while. And then he tried desperately to think of some way to save his friend. The sound of the small one's hoofs on the road seemed to say over and over again, going to the tanners, going to the tanners. Suddenly it came to the boy's mind that there was a horse market in the town. If he could sell small one to some new and kind master, the little donkey would still live, and yet the father would also have his piece of silver. Well, it was early afternoon when the boy and the small one passed through the town gates and down the narrow, twisted streets to the marketplace. And what about this fine animal, my friend? The mare whose sire was so famous that not the prince has ever set his back. Strong of limb. Round of win. Who'll start the bid at 50? 50! 50 it is. Who'll make it 51? Come, come, my friends. Are you going to let such an animal go for so paltry a sum? Uh, please, sir, would you like to buy a fine donkey? What? What'd you say, boy? This small donkey, he's for sale. Uh, strong and willing. The price is very cheap. But what piece No, of... I don't want to buy a donkey. Be off with you. 60! 60 is the bid. That's more like it. You are here 62. Will someone say 62? Come, come, my friend. You'll never again get such a fine horse for so little cash. Look at the proud head. See the flowing mane. Excuse me, please. This small donkey's for sale. Would you what like What is to... it you want, boy? This fine animal, he can be bought for only one piece of silver. Isn't that a great saving? They're bidding 60 for the horse, and I know he can't do half the work a small one. Look, he's very... Go deadly. away. Don't bother me. Oh, but he's... Go away, or I'll take a stick to both your backs. And now, my friend, I'm... Now, who has the next animal for sale? Step up! 
please, sir, would you try to sell this small donkey? Go away, boy. Oh, but he's a very valuable animal. He's not nearly as old as he looks. It's just because he's worked so hard. And the the one that doesn't stand up straight as a donkey should. Well, that was the fault of a careless master, not his own. He eats very little, and he's terribly strong. This is a horse market, boy. We've no time to waste on donkeys. But a small donkey would take such a small time. (laughs) All right, all right, my boy, if you insist. My friends, my friends, a great bargain I have to offer you. The proud owner terms it a donkey. But it appears to me to be an animated pile of shaking bones. Yes, no. You can see how the moths have been at the hive. And the tail, is it a tail? Or is it the stub of a broom worn out from sweeping the courtyard? A true museum piece, my friends. Moldy with age and loose in the joints. He's not. He is not. Ah, but it is not seemly to laugh, my friends, because the owner assures me that this animal is fine enough to share a stall with the king's horses. Stop! You shan't make fun of him. Maybe he's... Maybe he's not as handsome as your animals, but he's better. He's a lot better. Small one deserves to be in a king's stable. All right, all right, boy. Take your donkey and move along. We've got business to attend to. Hurry up. Off with you. Now that we've had our fun and disposed of the king's donkey... So the boy and the little beast left the marketplace, Pablo. The hours were slipping swiftly by, and the boy knew he must start soon for home. That he must have the piece of silver to give to his father. He tried stopping people on the street. And he inquired from door to door, but no one wanted to buy a small, tired donkey. The sun was sinking fast when he came at last back to the town gates, and he stood before the tanner's door. The boy's face was tear-streaked, and the small one's head drooped so low that his limp ear almost touched the ground. The boy said goodbye to his small friend, asked forgiveness for what he had to do, and there was understanding in the little donkey's eyes. Then, just as the boy was lifting the latch of the tanner's door, a voice spoke to him. My son. Yes? Yes, sir? I have a great favor to ask. Are you the owner of that small donkey? Oh, oh, yes, sir. I have a long journey to make. My wife is not well. I have great need of a strong, gentle animal to carry her safely. A small one's very strong and very trustworthy. Yes, I can see. Would you sell him to me? Yes, oh, yes, sir. But for one piece of silver. One piece of silver? Is that too much, sir? Too much? Oh, no. A very reasonable price for such a beautiful animal. He's not very beautiful, but he's good. Yes, yes, I can see that. I'll be kind to him. I promise you that. Well, then he'll work so hard to please you. Here's your piece of silver. Come, small one. Do you mind... Do you mind if I come as far as the town gates? You see, the small one and I... Not at all. You'll want to say goodbye to him, of course. You can do that while I see my wife safely on his back. Here we are. Easy, small one. Goodbye, small one. You must be very faithful. And it isn't forever, you know. When I grow up and earn many pieces of silver, I'll buy you back, and you'll have a fine stable and, and nothing to do at all but sleep and eat. Won't that be nice, small one? All right, my son. We're ready to go. Wait, traveler. Yes, soldier? I must make out the record before you can pass through the town gates. Who are you? My name is Joseph. 
And your wife? They call her Mary. Your destination? Bethlehem. Pass. Come, small one. Goodbye, son. Goodbye. Goodbye, small one. Be gentle and sure of foot. And carry her safe to Bethlehem. So Pablo, the small one, traveled the many weary miles to Bethlehem. There in a stable which became a king's stable, he saw a king born. A king of men, of centuries of life, of death. Yes, the small one's tired old eyes saw the shepherds and the wise men who came to pay homage to his small master. And he heard the voices of angels rejoicing, singing. Singing the very same notes his hoofs had rung out on the stones of the road. And then it came to pass that all those who had laughed at his ragged coat, his limping gait, and his drooping ear, they all envied the small one, for he was part of a great miracle. It was a long, long time ago, Pablo, my son. But today all small donkeys stand and they dream, especially at Christmas time. They dream of the small one, the small one of Bethlehem. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child. This program is produced and transcribed in Hollywood.
What a great broadcast there. Philco Radio Time, Christmas, December 25th, 1946. Bing Crosby, all his gang there. What a, what a great, great, heartwarming Christmas story. Well, I think this whole show is getting us all into the holiday spirit, <laughs> which is so very nice. What'd you get me for Christmas? That's the most important thing. Uh, what, what did I get it's you? It's what you got me for oh, Christmas. Oh, I, I know what I got you. What? You don't remember? Um, oh, no. What did you I get me? I can't believe it. What did you get me for Christmas? Something great. You know, we gave it to each other a little early. earlier. Well, Bomba socks. No, you gave me Bomba oh, socks. I gave you Bomba <laughs> My Provagen hasn't kicked in yet today. What did I give you, Carl? You gave Clearly me... Clearly you did not appreciate it Something really great, right? Yes, it was. What was it again? I'm not telling you. I'm not going to remind <laughs> you. You drive me crazy. All right, I'll think about it. <laughs> okay. This month in music history. All right, so we're going back to top Christmas songs of 1979. I know you are. What was it? I'm really hurt. How, okay. It was a couple weeks ago. I it can't was. remember two weeks I'm ago. I'm hurt. Right. So top Christmas songs of 1979. We're going back to this song. Did by, I eat it? Was it something edible? No, you have it. Okay. By Paul McCartney called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reggae. Remember this? How could you not oh, remember this? Oh, gym shoes. <laughs> She bought me gym shoes. I did. Oh, I love my gym shoes. <laughs> what is this song? Reggae what? You're Christmas not listening reggae. to anything. This is Paul McCartney. Oh, it called is? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reggae. Does he sing this on is, it? Nope. This is from his album Wonderful Christmas Time, released Christmas of 1979. All right. Very cool. We'll be back with more <laughs> I, gym shoes. You got me great gym shoes. All right. We'll be right back. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, we're going to need a caller because we're going to play Beat the Host. And it's all what? Trivia? This Christmas? is Christmas trivia. All oh, fun. Yeah. Nothing, not, not too much pressure, just all fun and games. All about Christmas and the holidays. Uh, it's going to be great. Call in. Carl is a great lifeline now. Ah, but us give a us call. a call. 312-642-5600. We are looking for caller number six. Play Beat the Host Christmas Trivia with us. Win some prizes. Have some fun. Yeah, we're also going to listen to uh, 1946 episode of The Great Gildersleeve, a Christmas show oh, from yes. Christmas of 1946. Hal Perry starring. But uh, win some fabulous prizes. Be on the air with us. 312 312- 642-5600. Call now and be the sixth caller. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. 